Hello, dog lovers. Thank you for joining me this week. Well, it happened. I either did not take the time to record a new show or I just felt like skipping a week. After four years of weekly shows, I guess I can give myself a pass on one or two. Either way, I have gone through my library of past shows and picked a few that I really like and I still listen to every now and then. These shows were handpicked by me because I thought the message was good and should be replayed at some point. Most of them are well over 100 episodes back, and the only way you could actually listen to that show is to go to my website, familydogfusion.com. They may not have been the most popular or the most downloaded shows. They're just shows that I feel have a great message and that you will learn something new every time you listen. Now remember, these are past shows and they are very dated. I will be talking about things that I've done in the past um, or requesting things from you that, you know, I requested two or three years ago. Just ignore all that banter and any requests that we had. Again, they're two or three years old, so just ignore it all. And with no further delay, let's see what I've picked for you. This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the best results from your dog training. This show is brought to you by FamilyDogFusion.com, the online training community where dog lovers from all walks of life can learn how to help their newest puppy or even their oldest dog become the best, happiest member of the family. Get your free membership with access to professional online dog training at FamilyDogFusion.com. This is Devin Best, co-founder of Family Dog Fusion and co-host of Discover Your Dog. In our double-digit episode 10, Benny Copeland, the kingpin of men pens, delivers information about motivation in this doggy nation. Also, we open the kimono for a peek inside the decision we make on your behalf before recording each episode. And stay tuned for the highly anticipated return of the prodigal son of this show, the homework segment. All in this motivational episode of Discover Your Dog. Benny, this week has been fantastic. Have you looked at the uh, iTunes uh, statistics? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, And I appreciate you pushing me to do that all the time. Uh, Because it is very motivational to look at that. Isn't it? Man, we've gotten a heck of a response from our audience. To, To be specific, so our audience knows what we're talking about. through. The help of our audience, we have attained the new and noteworthy category in every one of our categories, both in education, in training, and in kids and family. So we are now Absolutely. among the top searches, and uh, and that is entirely due to our audience. Right, and I, you know, I think it's great because this is a, is just about dogs mainly, and there's a lot of things that go on. We talk about our own kids and our family and things like that. So I can see why that would move forward in those aspects as well. You know, I wasn't anticipating it. You know, I, I, we were required to choose three categories. So I chose education and then training. And I thought, well, kids and family, you know, that seems like a, a really appropriate thing. I really didn't have any expectation of us attaining a high level or a high you know, degree of promotion um, from Apple right. on that. And to see that as it's, it's heartwarming and it's, it's, uh, it's surprising and it's really encouraging, very motivating, like you said. So did you notice um, episode seven? It's quickly becoming the most downloaded episode. Oh, uh, is it? 
yeah, and you know, our special guest, Nacho Dog, must have been the reason. <laughs> Maybe they like him better than me. I don't know. You know, I was worried about Nacho Dog. That guy, you know, he is a philosopher, and he's also a kind of a scallywag. I didn't know if he was going to offend our, <laughs> our audience or if he was going to he was going to draw him in. Seems like people are liking him quite a bit, though. Yeah, I noticed listening how he um, he kept uh, putting you on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what that guy's going to say. Right, is the long and short of it. It was great. You know, it's good though. We're experimenting with this show, and boy, last episode was uh, very beyond my comfort zone, where you and I had to, you know, we were focusing on the negative, and yeah. I had to put on an act. Like I was, and don't get me wrong, there were some things that once I started rolling, I was genuinely. Oh, you weird. were acting. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I had to. It was. It was. Um, it was nerve wracking because you know putting that sort of thing out to our audience and and pretending to be so upset with you and it was um i liked it i like i like the, the response that we've gotten from some of the people who've listened to it right has, has been okay this feels good you know that's funny too because those are those are real issues that you and i have had you know yeah so it was it was awesome to like re-listen to that <laughs> and hear those issues come out and how we even dealt with it during that play acting part you know, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Well, I hope the audience got. I hope they got it. I hope that they got the um, the point was to show us what we look like when we're focusing on the negative, right? And to see the results of how our dogs might react to that sort of thing too. So I hope they got it, and it was it was a lot of fun. And quite well, frankly, they made it all the way to the end, and they got the reveal, <laughs> <laughs> right? Otherwise, they might think that we hate each other, <laughs> right? Right? They turned it off halfway through and said. Oh my God, I've never listened to this again. You know, I think though that they would probably um, land on my side and not yours. Just so you know. Oh yeah, well, okay. I'm glad. You- <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so you know, we've talked about a lot of things, man. We've talked about um, in episode eight, we talked about how um, you know my oldest kid has Asperger's and how you know the the uh, the difficulty, the biggest difficulty that we as a team, as a team around my oldest son, is motivating him to do anything. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it in terms of currency, like he has no currency. Um, now, when you talk about a team. What are you talking about there? I'm talking about my ex-wife, uh, my parents, um, the school administrators are involved, the um, my ex-wife's extended family are involved, and basically anybody who has any responsibility to interact with my oldest son has some uh, some role to play in his in his progression through this Aspergers. And we consider it as such. We also we actually have team meetings, and we have um, things where ten people of you know we're all sitting down to discuss what to do next and what to attempt and what mm-hmm. to. And, you know, the consensus, even the counselor, we've had uh, we've had him in counseling for a number of years. And even our counselor last week said to us, you know, um, I got nothing for you right now. You know, we have we have done everything that we know to do to to motivate him to perform and nothing's working. And we've we've done both positive and negative. You know, we've looked at um, a reward system to encourage positive behavior. We have looked at a penalty system to discourage negative behavior. And we've looked at a combination of those two things. and. Um, and nothing's working, and it's a it's a head pounding, frustrating situation. And I'm curious, you know, this this motivation thing is critically important. We'll find something eventually. You know, that's one thing that we're all putting a, a, a our team is putting a faith in is that we'll find right. something that, that motivates them eventually, and we'll it get has there. To be frustrating. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. If I had hair, I'd be pulling it out, man. You know. Hey, I want to do something right here, uh, and I want to jump back into that. I don't know if our dog lover audience 
has gotten it yet, what we do each week. And that we have a theme. Every one of our programs is based around a theme from the beginning of what we talk about in our normal life. And obviously, we've talked about, you know, how you're looking how to motivate your son uh, to behave in certain ways or to do things. And that we are theming each show around something. Today, obviously, is motivation. And we're going to be talking about that. And we're going to continue talking about that. And I think it would be a good time on this show, especially since today we're in double digits, that we do let people in on that if they haven't gotten that up to this point. Ah, yep. Well, we're on episode 10 today, like you said, double digits. And right. uh, if I recall correctly, we've themed every episode since episode one, have we not? Every episode. Every episode. Yep. And so yep. our, our little, you know, we put our conversation in the context of, of what we're talking about. Do you want to go through a little bit of some of the themes and tell some of the themes? Oh, um, wow. You put me on the spot. I actually have that right here and okay. we can, uh, we can do that. Um, okay. Just to go through, uh, on episode three, it was obedience. Everything was about obedience. And that was one of our first shows that we put out when we had to put that group of shows out, um, to start the whole iTunes process. Yeah. Um, if you remember, episode six was about creating new habits. And we right. talked about throughout the whole process of how to create new habits and how to do that with your dog. And seven was setbacks. So episode seven was about how we have setbacks with our dogs and in our lives and everything else. And obviously, last episode was about focusing on the negative. And we did it right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, you know. And and I don't want to. I didn't want to jump away from what you were talking about because I wanted the audience to really understand that this is not just about our dogs. Now, what we're going going to talk about is how we associate all of the things in our normal life um, through, you know, the the frustration of motivating our children can go lead. You know, how that works with the frustration of motivating our dogs as well. Not to compare it in any way. Um, and that we do theme these things and why we're talking about what we're talking about right now. Yeah, that may not have come through very clearly in the episodes that each one is themed. And, you know, I, I create the show titles after after the fact, after we do our recording and editing process, I create the show mm-hmm. titles. And and the goal is to to suggest the, sh- the, the theme of the show and the show title itself. So whatever you're looking That's at right. in, in iTunes is is what we've decided is what we're going to talk about in that in that episode. And. And that's a little, you know, behind the scenes uh, on how we do things here. Yeah. Well, you know, I just got it. I mean, you were talking about something very personal. And I love that we have these conversations about our family and these personal things that go on with us. And I just felt like that sometimes, you know, it's going to get it's going to get personal. It's going to get more in depth about who we are, like you say this word that we are, we want to be very transparent about who we are and what we do and things like that. And we've talked about me that I have this other job about beer and things like that. And to be able to let everyone know that this isn't always going to be just about dogs and it's always going to relate to dogs because that's what this is about is about discovering your dog and making your dog a really good part of the family. Well, these are our family things. These are the things that go on. I mean, you talked about your mom and dad being part of the team and they have dogs 
and right. they have to interact with both your sons, you know, things like that as oh, well. It's, it's, it's really important. And I think that as we, as we continue to do these episodes, maybe, you know, we're on episode 10 today, maybe by episode 25, these, our audience is going to know us pretty well. And they're going to know some of the things, you know, the, the, the motivations behind us doing this show and what motivates us to, to take some of the perspectives, uh, you know, you know, the, one of the most important things that we've mentioned before is that we met at a personal development seminar. Mm-hmm. So our entire relationship is in the context of working on ourselves and being responsible for our lives. And so it parlays very well into the message that you give with how to train dogs is about this awareness. And so I believe our audience, I think it's very likely that some of them are getting some of this personal awareness alongside the awareness of how to train their dogs as well. And that's definitely a side benefit to, to participating in the show for me and for hopefully for our audience as well. Well, that kind of brings us into the main topic today about how do we motivate our dog? Well, it seems like a good time to talk about it then, doesn't it? Absolutely. So it's clear that motivation is a part of, you know, what we do as humans and what we do as parents and what we do as training our dogs. I'd really like to drill down on this. I'd like to get your perspective on, on how motivation influences our dog training. Well, motivation is one of the three main tools that everybody uses um, in dog training. Motivation is the most used, I feel, and most misunderstood tool. Because a lot of people, I used to say like motivation and praise are like Siamese twins. And when you truly understand what motivation is, it really is just to get your dog to pay attention, to want to do what you ask and expect of them, and to be more willing to. I have a, I have a built-in contradiction here real quick, because you told me at okay. one point that, uh, that the, the, a correction is strictly for the idea of getting the dog's attention, stop doing what you're doing, pay attention to me. Right. When you use motivation, your dog is more likely to want to do what you ask and expect of them. Okay. Right. So. That's the key there is that they're more likely to want to do. Well, motivation is creating the willingness, right? Isn't that what right. it is? To create the willingness to yeah. obey. Praise is only when your dog is making a choice. So anytime that you're doing something with your dog and there's no choice being made, no distinct choice from your dog being made at that point, anytime you're doing something, it is considered motivation. That confuses me. Hang on. That confuses right, me. Right. It is. It's very confusing. And there's a very fine line between those two. You know? Well, let me ask you this. Does motivation, shouldn't that, I mean, in my mind, motivation occurs before the fact? Isn't motivation the thing that happens before I want my dog to do a thing? Not always. You know, it could be a correction at that point. Because you're, you're going to use, you're going to use one of those two tools, either motivation or correction to get your dog to make a choice. And then once they've made the choice, then you praise based on that choice, if it's what you want them to do. Okay, so, so clarify for me. Am, am I incorrect in stating then that motivation and <clears throat> correction occur before the proper choice is made and praise occurs after? Praise occurs during the choice. During the choice. Okay, okay that's fine. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Or right after. Yes. Um, motivation is going to be used to create the willingness to create the want to do this thing. Okay. So when you think of it as what everybody does uh, or what the biggest motivation is, is treats. 
I mean, everybody thinks about treats being a motivation for a dog. Some people even look at, look at treats as a form of praise. And it could be used as a form of praise if the dog made a choice. At this point, though, when I'm using a treat, what I'm doing is, is I'm creating it that my dog is more willing to do this thing. So, for example, I know many people, like, their dog may run out the door. and they yell at the dog and they scream at the dog and they yell the dog's name and they do all these things and the dog never pays attention to them. So then they go, hey, you want a treat? And then the dog turns around and runs back in. And that became the motivation for the dog to pay attention and come back in. Right. Right. And then what happens is, is that now that dog will run out the door and then just kind of hang out waiting for those words and not pay attention to anything else that you say. Until you go, hey, you want a treat? And then it turns around because it's now expecting something from you. And that's the problem with motivation is that anything that you overuse as a motivation, it creates an expectation. And this is what becomes the frustrating part. If I don't know what motivates my dogs, then I'm having to test all of these different things. And the problem is I typically just do the same thing over and over and over again, like say my dog's name or use the treat, or use the things that I get are very high on the motivation scale. And then I just use that over and over and over. And then it becomes this expectation from the dog. I mean, I know people that their dogs won't even go to the bathroom outside until it knows it's going to get a treat, or it does go to the bathroom outside and then it runs to the treat drawer, you know, or the run, runs to the treat cabinet. I'm so glad you said it that way. I was going to ask you if you could help me break this down. That's exactly what the, my parents' dogs do is that they'll, they'll go out very, very, very willingly, aggressively. They'll go outside no matter what, bam, they'll go out the door and they'll, and, um, and then when they come back, they universally sit and they accept, they expect the treat. Right. And if they don't go pee, I don't give them a treat. Right. <laughs> I mean, they don't, in my mind, they have not earned it, you right. know, and I'll tell them, you don't get anything. Go on now. You don't get anything. And I'm wondering, what I'm seeing, though, is that it just doesn't, it doesn't have any impact on whether or not they use the bathroom. Right. See, they're not looking at it as if they went to the bathroom. They aren't understanding that. All they know is they go outside, they come in, they should get a treat. Right. And there's this expectation from them. So whether you give them a treat or not doesn't make a difference. Because I will tell you, if you give them a treat every 10th time or every 5th time, there's going to be an opportunity that they're going to get a treat. So they're going to come in and sit down every time. Yeah. Uh, here's a good, here's a good example. I use this in my training a lot in my living room. I have three chairs and Devin, I ask you to come over to my house and you sit in the chair on the left and you and I are having a conversation and about five minutes into that conversation, I get up, I cuss you out and I kick you out of my house. Okay. Right. So that it takes about two weeks to convince you to come to my house again. Right. And I ask you to come in and you sit down in the middle chair and nothing happens. <laughs> we just have a good conversation and we leave. Now you're much quicker to come back to my house the next time. So this time you sit in the chair on the right and in five minutes, I reach into my pocket and I pull out a hundred dollar bill. And I hand it to you. Okay. Okay. Now, without even realizing this, the next time I ask you to come over, where do you think you're more likely to sit? Without in a hundred dollar chair. Consciously? Yeah, yeah, in that right chair, right? Yeah. So you sit in the right chair. 
And five minutes later, I reach in my pocket and I give you a hundred dollars. That's twice. Now, after about four or five times of doing this, you start realizing when I sit in this chair, I get a hundred bucks and you're not really sure about this. So you want to test it. So the next time you come in, you sit in the left chair and five minutes into it, I get up, I cuss you out and I kick you out of my house. <laughs> and now you're, now you're consciously going, oh, it's something about the chairs. Right. And the next time you test it with the middle chair just to see, and nothing happens. We just have a conversation or whatever. From that point on, where are you going to sit? I'm sitting in that $100 chair every time. Yeah, that chair. Yep. chair every time. From every that time. point on. And let's just say three or four times into it, I don't give you the $100. Then I start when to wonder. come back the next time, you're still going to sit there because there's a chance that you're going to get that $100. Because right. the same thing always happens when you sit in the left chair and the same thing always happens when you sit in the middle chair. And it may not always happen when you sit in the right chair and more times than not, it does. Yeah. You're going to sit in that right chair every, it's going to have a Devin butt impression in my house. <laughs> Literally. Chair every time. As a matter of fact, I'll invite three people over. You're going to fight to sit in that chair. <laughs> That's my chair. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. And that's even though consciously we don't notice that. Now, what we talked about in this in this example was that you did it enough times that it became this conscious thing. And you analyze, you analyze, well, if I sit in the middle chair or the right chair, then it's going to be a positive reaction, either neutral or positive. If I sit in that left chair, it's not going to be pleasant. And so I'll never sit in that left chair again. Right. And that requires me, though, to to uh, predict the future. Right. And you're, that's analytical. Yeah. See, dogs can't do that. Right. See, they're only reactive. So every time they come in, they sit. Because more times than not, they get a treat. Now, see, they have no clue that they didn't pee outside, and that's why they're not getting a treat. Right. No clue. Right. So what does it matter if you give them a treat or not at this point? Oh, it's purely yeah. punitive in my mind. <laughs> it's right. purely. Uh, right. to you, it's me. You do for me. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and they have no clue. That's interesting. Uh, you know, it, now, if you had caught them peeing outside and then were out there to give them a treat, then, then, it, then it would be related because here they are peeing outside, making a choice to do this outside. And then you're there to give them the treat at that moment. They might have related it to the peeing outside. Well, now, this has been complicated by the fact that you did. Um, give me the idea about praising them while they were in the middle of doing their business. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing that. Um, every time I witness them doing their business, I give them praise for the good job, puppy dogs, you know, doing that yeah. thing. And uh, so I think that that has probably complicated the entire scenario. Um, and so that there's really, it doesn't seem like there's any connection between it. To me, it looks like they get a treat for going outside and coming back in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's what they're, that's what they're responding to at that moment. Yeah. So, yeah. So you start to realize, and again, this goes back to what we talked about, where it has to be making a choice. Otherwise it's just motivation. And sometimes that becomes very tough to find. And what is it that creates this motivation for my dog to be willing to want to do? And that brings us to our homework topic today. Ah, the missing homework segment. We haven't done this in quite a while. It has been a while. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, let's get to it. Here's your homework for this week. It's to find what motivates your dog. First, make a list of nine items that you could use throughout the week to motivate your dog. In episode five, 
we talked about using different body language and different voice tones to recognize how your dogs react. If you noticed how your dog behaved during the positive body language and tones you used, you would have a good idea of what works as a good motivation. Other things you can test as means of motivation are things like treats or touch or toys or different games such as tug or fetch or catch. Or you can use excited voice and pleasant tones. This gives you a large number of tools to use as a motivation. Next, now that you have your list, each day you will choose three different items from that list. And once you have used any one item twice, you will not use it again. Throughout the day, take any one of those items and use it to motivate your dog to pay attention to you. Use that item for no less than 30 seconds and no more than a minute. And if your dog does not pay attention to you within that minute, you have to just walk away. After you have used that motivation, make a note on how it worked and rank it from 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. You will now have two rankings for each item. And you are going to use three different items a day. Now, at the end of the week, and remember, you only do your homework for six days a week, you will have 18 rankings, two from each item. And that's three that you use per day for six days. Now, write each item from the highly motivated to the very lowest motivation. You will have nine items on your list. Now, if you've gone on the website, familydogfusion.com, you would see that I train with a 10 to 1 rule. So for every one time I do something and it doesn't work, I then practice it 10 times. Well, this ratio will also apply here. So for those mid-range items, numbers 3 to 7, for every one time you use any of those tools as a motivation, you will have to avoid using that tool at least 10 times before you use it again. In other words, you're going to use 10 different ways to motivate before you go back to that tool again. Now, these are your mid-range items, number three to seven. And this gives you a good five items that you can use within this ratio. Now, for the high end, we increase that ratio to 20 to one. Why? Because anything you overuse as a motivation creates an expectation. If you are using these top two items, number one and two, to motivate all of the time, your dog will very soon expect that you have to do this thing for them to do for you. Now, if you remember Devin and I talking about his dogs coming inside and expecting a treat every time. So for every one time that you use this, from number one or two on your list, you cannot use it again for at least 20 times. Now, any times you use the numbers, uh, the items from number eight and nine, you can use it after five times of not using it. Now, these are very low end, so it reduces the ratio from five to one. So these would be the numbers that would be number eight and nine on your list as the lowest forms of motivation. 
Now, remember this about motivation. It is a good tool. It's just not the best way to train because a dog that expects something from you in order to do for you is not truly being obedient. This also means your motivation items could change in ranking if your dog becomes aware that she may get something to do for you. So you always have to be aware of what really motivates your dog. And this little exercise helps to create that awareness. So just so you know, I totally understand that this is pretty complicated. As a matter of fact, it took me two runs just to get this homework in a way that I understood it. And I want to go through a brief explanation of why the ratios change. And also, just so you know, we'll provide a link to the full written explanation, as I've said it to you here, um, within the show notes as well. So my ratio, my main ratio is 10 to 1. For every one time I correct my dog for anything, I have to praise her for 10 times for doing the right thing. If you go on to FamilyDogFusion.com, I have a list of over 30 definitions. I also have a list of over 30 theories that I have in training called postulates. And in these lists are the definition of the 10 to 1 rule, and it gives a little more in-depth um, explanation as far as what the 10 to 1 rule means throughout the process of training. For every one time I correct my dog for anything, I have to praise her 10 times for making the right decision. Now, to me, that is the practice that I'm now looking for the right thing, the good thing, the thing that I want her to do in the process of training. Now, how that works in this homework in those mid-range things, if I'm overusing motivation or using motivation as a tool, I also realize that anything I overuse creates an expectation with my dog. So I don't want to overuse it. So if I use something as a motiv motivation, for example, say clapping was a mid-range motivation. So here I am clapping to get my dog's attention. It takes you know, 15, 20 seconds. She starts to pay attention to me. And then I love on her and I walk away. Now, because that's a mid-range motivation, before I clap for her to pay attention to me again, I'm going to do 10 different other items. Now, I have a list of nine things, but there are many other things you can use as motivation. It may be using your dog's name. It may be um, pulling out her favorite toy. It may be uh, just, you know, squatting down in front of your dog. These are all different forms of motivation that you could use to get her to recognize and to pay attention before you ever go back to clapping again. Now, when you're doing this thing, what also happens is you start to create an awareness of what you overuse. One of the things that I notice I overuse all the time is my dog's name. I don't even only use it for motivation. I also use it for correction. I say my dog's name all the time. As a matter of fact, we've even got a little thing that goes on with us where I'll say her name in a shortened version like Ma, and she gets it. She doesn't have to pay attention. Or I'll say Molly, and then boom, she knows she has to pay attention. And it's a form of motivation to get her to pay attention. Anything that you use as motivation will create it that your dog will be willing and want to do that thing as long as it's used in a positive way. If you look up the definition of motivation and correction, you will see that difference as well on the website. Again, I hope that clears things up for everyone. 
And if you have any questions, please feel free to email me, familydogfusion at gmail.com, and I respond to every email that comes through. Many, a few episodes ago, we began talking about something that you and I have been working on for a while, and that's this web broadcast that, right. uh, that we're putting together for January. And um, today I'd like to talk, uh, this is a, you know, a reminder for our audience, and um, we're going to need to get some input for this web broadcast. Because what we want to do is we want to deliver the maximum value for our audience. And like I said before, we could come up with a bunch of stuff that we think sounds great, except what, what we really want to do is tailor this to what the audience wants. So right. today we would like to have input from our audience. So please send us an email and think about it in these terms. What is the, what is the most burning question that you have with regard to your dog's behavior what is it that is causing you grief with your dog what is it that triggers that instant frustration that we talked about before that response you know that frustration mm-hmm. and then and then get on your computer or on your phone and i want you to send an email to familydogfusion at gmail.com and let us know what that is so we can craft this web broadcast uh, around delivering the maximum value for the people listening to us right now right Family Dog Fusion at gmail.com is a great way for us to interact with you. I will answer every email that comes through personally. And so you will get a personal response from me. Now, I may not totally answer your question at that point, and it may be something that will definitely be a great part of the subject. Yeah, and uh, to let the audience know, we're going to charge for this web broadcast. There's going to be uh, some some really great value delivered in this. And the the way that we thought about this is that through listening to this podcast, through reviewing some of our content on familydogfusion.com, our audience will have gotten an idea about the surface level of a lot of these ideas. And the intent of this web broadcast is to tie it all together, to take everything that we've been talking about for the past 10 episodes as of today and the content that we've put up on the website and to integrate it, to see how praise, motivation, and correction all work together, for example, to see how they all work together to deliver the ability to train these dogs. And so there will be a tremendous amount of value and an opportunity for our audience to dig deep and to understand the how and the why all this stuff works and how it works together. Right. I mean, these are basic lessons that we've been teaching on awareness, on communication, on everything that you can do to make your dog a great part of the family. I want my dog to be a good part of my family. And that means understanding the rules. Well, This is going to tie all of those things together to really teach you and to really get you to understand how to use it in everyday situations. Thank you to all of our dog lovers out there. I am so grateful that we have, you know, this is the holiday season and it's definitely a time to be grateful for all the things that we have. And I am, I'm not even believing, you know, now we've hit double digits. Um, someone told me what, that when I started this process that we would learn so much between number one and 10. And I feel that we're there. You know, we have learned a lot and I'm looking, to, looking forward to learning so much more. And it's because of our audience. You're the reason we do this. If it wasn't for our friends, our family, the people that are out there listening to this, that had dogs and wanting them, wanted them to be a greater part of the family, I wouldn't have any reason to do that. And I love my job, love my job. So thank you so much.